Hey, what's up? That's me, Victoria Glam, the host of the Glam Life Podcast. I've spoken on stages around the world, but this is where it actually started, in a small town, just like you. I bought this building, I built this business with my loving husband, and then I made a lot of really famous friends. And now I want to bring their expertise to you every week on the Glam Life Podcast. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Welcome to the Glam Life Podcast. My name is Victoria Rocca, but you might know me as Victoria Glam if you follow me over on Instagram. And if you don't, you should. Uh, (laughs) Someone that I have been following for quite some time over on Instagram is Brow Batty. And if you don't know her, Brow B-A-D-D-I-E, if you don't know her, you're going to get to know her today because she's today's guest. Yay! Um, Today is also the Halloween episode. So don't forget to hop over to shopbrowsister.com and check out all of our scary good deals over there. We're going to have 20% off of some items, or I'm sorry, 25% um, and 30% off of some items too, I believe, if you just use code glam life that'll get you 25 to 30 percent off on some items for today and tomorrow only for halloween so back to the matter at hand jackie from brow baddie she and i are kindred spirits i just feel it is it kindred or kindred it doesn't matter kindred we're kindred spirits she grew up um, in the Los Angeles area. I'm pretty sure, but we'll double check that today when we chat with her. I grew up in the other LA, Louisiana, but we have very, sim- well, not our upbringing is not similar because my parents are married and they live together and they're both in my life. Her parents are not. And she was an angry kid who had some issues. I was also an angry kid who had some different issues, but we both wound up in the strip club. And then we both wound up being entrepreneurs and we both wound up having sons and being badasses with college degrees who don't use them. And I would almost say advocate trades over uh, traditional universities, but we're going to talk about all of that today. Let me get Jackie in here and I'll see you in a second. Real quick, before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about today's sponsor, who is our everyday sponsor, our total hero. Uh, Brow Sister PMU Products is our go-to place for all things permanent makeup, home to world-famous pink gel, secondary anesthetic, and also to the beloved uh, Prilocaine-Lidocaine combination of pink cream, which is an amazing primary numbing, so that your clients can feel just as good as you make them look. Okay. Let's get into today's episode. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I can't wait because you know what? Christmas is around the corner. Oh, that's true. Okay. So there's always something new to look forward to. So for me, it's Halloween, my birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. It's a whole, it's the best three months of the year. Yeah. Q4. Q4. ready. I need you to clear something up for me. How do I say your last name? Caitlin. Caitlin. Okay. And that's why it was daddy cakes, right? That was his handle. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cause I've been calling you Jackie Khaki forever. Cause I don't know. Caitlin. I mean, it's a very, it's a Filipino last name, but a yeah. lot of people think um, we're Armenian because of the I'm Armenian. E. Yeah. Like, um, I go to the, they'll look at my last name, like at the gas station a few times. They're like, are you Armenian? And I was like, no, why? They're like, oh, your last name has the I-A-N, I guess. That's what they assume. But that's pretty funny. You should tell them. Yes, I am. Marava. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Okay. So 
for people who are unfamiliar with Jackie, her name on Instagram is Brow Batty. And like I was saying, I have drawn so many parallels between your story and mine. Like I can see so much of myself in the story that you have presented on Instagram. I really love following you. You're one of the first larger Instagram accounts that I followed when I got into permanent makeup. Um, so Jackie, you talk a lot about not just hustling, but also healing. And I want to get into that a little bit, but before we do, let's just visit for a second briefly what you're healing from. So you were a young kid and your mom left. I mean, there's just so much. So like, I feel like there's a lot of versions of us as we get older that we need to heal from. So that's inner child Jackie. I call her baby Jacks. Like baby Jacks is the eight-year-old me. Um, teenage Jacks, little Jacks is like the teenager, the 13-year-old, 13 to 15. Like she was crazy. You know what I mean? Like always getting in trouble. So um, as I started my business, I started healing backwards. So like 30-year-old me, the things that I was being triggered about in my business, like when you talk to entrepreneurs, it's not uncommon that a good handful of us get screwed over in the beginning of our business. Yeah. And a lot of us chalk it up to, oh, we just didn't know any better. But retrospectively, I feel like it's because there's a lot of personal things that we bring into our business that we didn't even know Yeah. that we were doing on the personal side. So I always tell my students or, you know, people that follow me, like, your business is going to show you everything that you're doing wrong in the real time. Right. So if you're shy, that's going to impact the way you promote your business. If you're non-confrontational or you like back down, you're not going to be able to enforce your policies appropriately. You know, if you lack boundaries, people are going to walk all over you because you're not going to be able to, you know, enforce those policies and those procedures that are meant to protect you. So when I look at boundaries on my personal life, if you lack boundaries on your personal life, your policies and procedures are going to be, they're going to mimic the lack of boundaries that you have. Exactly. So, right. So it's like when I tell people, you got to heal as much as you have, your business will show you everything that you need to heal from everything, even money. You have issues with money Uh, growing up, you know, growing up in in poverty, one of the things I had to deal with was like this huge influx of money. You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck? People always say like, oh, poor you, you have money now. Mm. But there's a reason that so many people who live in a trailer park and are, you know, oh, six months back rent on just their lot win the lottery and they're broke in two or three years because the problem was never the money. Mm Mm-hmm. It was the issues that we have around money. Yeah. And it was education a lot of times. So I think, and I was going to ask, basically ask you this, like when your mom left at a young age and you had what, three sisters that you helped take care of, Mm -hmm. do you feel like there are parallels between that feeling and the feeling of how much you worry about your own employees? I mean, the way I navigate through taking care of people, I used to think um, that you're a good person if you pour into the cups of other people, right? And of lately, since I started my healing journey, I'm more thinking that we all need to be champagne tower people. 
When I say, yeah, a champagne tower, you have to understand pouring into your own cup. Pour so much that you can be abundant for everybody else and it will just overflow into everybody else's cup. Because growing up, having to take on responsibilities um, that an adult is supposed to have, I'm not supposed to have those responsibilities at eight years old. Right. I'm not supposed to have to wake everyone up, make sure they brush your teeth, make sure they get their clothes, make sure they have the, you know what I mean? I'm not supposed to have those. So I felt like even though I was tired, I had to wake up 30 minutes early. That's me pouring into my sister's cups. Right. But, you know, now that I look at it, I feel like being a champagne tower is a much better experience for us as women because we are natural nurturers. You know what I mean? Like we are naturally people that want to take care of other people, want to help other people, especially if you grew up in trauma where you're like, hate to see other people struggle. Yeah. Like, you know how hard it is. And that's how it goes. When you experience trauma, you could go about it two ways. You can either go about like doing to you, to others, what was done to you, because that's what you know, or going the other way and protecting people from what happened to you because you don't want to watch them struggle the way you did you know so there's that famous cartoon of someone lifting an uh, of a woman lifting another woman up over a cliff and then she turns around and extends her hand to pull that lady up with her and I feel like Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you're describing like you're gonna help me get up here but then it's my job to turn around and help you but maybe we've changed the the way that you're doing that now yes it's more about well I think a lot of it has to do with like just the way I grew up you know what I mean I'm the the, I'm the eldest of the siblings so I just again taking on a lot of responsibility at such a young age changes the way you navigate and and that was baby jacks right and about 13 years old that's when I started rebelling where I'm like you know what I want to I want to do something for me like I don't want to stay home. I want to, I don't want to cook. I want to, I don't want to cook. You had your midlife crisis early. Yeah. So I'm like 13 years old, you know, and it's like, it's sad because like my dad was a single father for forever. So he had to work. He couldn't, I wanted to join cheer. I wanted to join song. I wanted to do extracurricular activities, but I couldn't do those things. I had to get on my bus and go home. Otherwise no one was going to pick me up after practice or whatever. So what happened was I ended up falling into the wrong crowd, hanging out with people I shouldn't have been hanging out with. And it was a very hard time for not just me, but my sisters and my dad, because I was just so sped up with the responsibilities. And I was like, this is not, you know what I mean? And that's something that me and my therapist work through all the time. When I'm, when I'm talking about being in therapy, there's so many versions of me that that I'm trying to go get. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to go get them. And I, I think that's like one of the one of the latest things that I've um encountered in therapy that I can go get them. I can go get baby jacks and be like, you know what, you're safe now. I can wait, go. I went wait, I saw one of your videos where you described this and I thought this was actually genius. So speak on this a little bit. You actually envision yourself going to that place where that version of you is. And you think to yourself, like, how old am I? How old am I in this situation? And you go and find that version of you and tell her like, you're safe. And you walk her out of the house. I love this. And it's such a like, 
And so one of my cousins actually sent me this interview with Oprah and a psychologist. And it was like from freaking 1970. Um, and it, and he, he deals with people that have a lot of sexual trauma. Um, so I utilize kind of the same model that with a little bit of advice my therapist gave me. And she's like, whenever you feel triggered, don't respond. Ask yourself how old you are. Ask yourself how old you feel in that moment. And um, a song came on that I used to listen to when I was a teenager that really made me sad. It used to make me so sad. And that song came on and I just, I went on this journey of like, you know, I could hear the song. I just closed my eyes. I could hear the song. I'm at my old house again and I'm walking down the hallway and I see all these experiences that I've had, like domestic violence from my first boyfriend, like where he threw me over a couch. You know what I mean? Um, I was pregnant at 15 by this older man and um, I thought I was just having a stomach ache and um, I wasn't, I was an active labor. I was an active labor. You were the pregnant the whole time and you didn't know you were pregnant? No, I knew I was pregnant. Oh, oh, uh, oh, oh. I knew I was pregnant. You just didn't 15. recognize labor. I didn't know I was 15. Like, I didn't know what what labor was. I didn't yeah. even, like, I had no business being pregnant. You know what I mean? But I was sitting on the toilet and I was just like, I could, you know, TMI, but I literally thought I could feel the baby. Like, was just, anyways, it Did was very traumatic. No, I had to, I just. I don't know. I just kind of just pushed the baby back in and I was like crawling to my dad. You said it couldn't be done. <laughs> I was just like, this is not happening here. And it was such a traumatic experience that I was just like, no 15 year old should have to go through that. Yeah. Like in any way. And I'm like just walking into this house of all the traumatic things that happened to me. And yeah, I went to go, I saw the song kept getting louder and louder as I was getting closer to my room. I opened the door. She's sitting right there crying in front of her stereo, like how I was. And I just sat next to her and I was just told her, everything's going to be fine. Like you're going to be fine. And I'm going to, and I'm here now and I'm going to take care of you, you know? So it's like, you just tell the version of yourself what they, what they needed to hear back then. And majority of the people that, that will listen to this like you might not even relate to that story of my baby but that shit was traumatizing for me oh I'm sure you know I mean? it was and it's um, like but you have a little version of you who exists which is so cool to have oh, yeah. not only watch her graduate high school and see the joy and the pride I cried when I watched that video but then there was another one of you guys at the Drake concert and look what you've done came on and I sobbed like a baby. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> but I cried thinking about it because like what a you can physically put your arms around that teenage version of yourself. And then now you've taught her because she has her own nail business, you know. And I remember oh my God, stop <laughs> No, I'm an easy crier. I've cried yeah. three episodes of this show already. <laughs> I um there was an audio you did and it looked like some kind of interview you were doing that I used um, when Reels like first came out. So I actually wound up accidentally memorizing it word for word. And you said, you are not a boss unless everyone around you is eating. If everybody yeah. around you is starving and you're eating, you are not a boss. 
And whether you're doing that from the top down or absolutely draining your cup to make sure everybody else has something to eat, I think you're, the, the intent is the important part of that sentence there. And I have worked every day in my business to make sure that I build up the people who are in my business because that's how you keep people around. And that's mm-hmm. what we do as moms anyway, right? Like I make sure my sons are good. I hired my kids because you told me to. My kids work. <laughs> You guys, if you don't know, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but um, Jackie actually has her own. She has B-Batty Academy. Is that right? B-Batty University. University, yeah, sorry. Where she has her own mentorship program, but she also has um, the Hustle and Motivate. It's like a blueprint for, for, um, what's it called? The Booked and Busy Blueprint. Is that right? There's so many courses. She has a lot. She has a lot. And I'll give you guys, I'll include that in the show notes so you can click the link and go and check it all out. But she gives a lot of advice that your CPA might say is, is basic, but it's not basic to me. Nobody ever told me. I didn't know how to write off clothes from Shein. I didn't know how to write off a work trip. I didn't know I could hire my kids. And Jackie gives you this info for free if you just watch her reels all the time. But she also has a whole playbook for you. And I have utilized that to no end. So props to you. Thank you for that. But the impact is not just you healing yourself. And it's not even just you being able to raise the version of you, you know, like you can see that full circle moment, having your own daughter with her own business who didn't have to suffer through it. But also you share your story so often. I feel like it has impacted lots of people. I have a two parent household. My parents are still married, whether they should be or not. (laughs) And, (laughs) and that's great. But I also had trauma when I was young, when I, I got engaged at 16, my boyfriend hung himself when he was 19. I was 18. I was graduating high school. I had been out of high school, like three weeks. That's trauma. And I didn't deal with it. And everyone around, like my mom is one of those people who suffers through things willingly. Like, she's just like, just don't talk about it. Don't worry about it, whatever. So as I've gone through therapy, I've learned how to kind of just meet her where she is. She has her own traumas. She's had her own experiences. And that's why she is who she is. And I have Mm -hmm. to just accept who Susan is and love her for who she is while still healing myself. Right. And so in that time, it's not that she didn't support me. It's just not the support that I needed. And so where did I wind up, sister? At the strip club. Yep. <laughs> I was a stripper all through college. I just want to graduated. Say, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Like that is. Oh, I think 99% of people didn't even know that that ever happened. Um, yeah. So thank you for saying that. You're the first person who said it in probably like 10 years. <laughs> I mean, trauma, I mean, real recognize, real trauma, recognize trauma. And then yeah. like, somebody that's gone through trauma can see pain. Yeah. And I thought I was crazy because you know how you, when you're, especially when you're young, you process trauma in waves. Some days you're fine. Other days you're crying and you might not even know why you're crying. You might not be sad necessarily. You're just easily triggered by something because you haven't healed it yet. Um, mm-hmm. And at 18, 19, 20, 21, I didn't realize that. And I was a psychopath. I was honestly miserable to be around. So I'm so glad that I've kind of healed those parts of me. Something I took from that um, entire ordeal is that I need, even though it doesn't necessarily affect me, I need to be really, really patient with the emotions that my kids have in the way that they process things. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes I was a little unheard and I felt like I needed to suck it up. And yeah. in business, I find myself repeating those cycles of saying like, ah, <laughs> through it, just take it on. And that's how you find yourself overworked, you know, overspending, stretching too thin, and then nothing can get done if you're stretched too thin. 
and how do you provide? So when I heard your message, and I know that you worked in the club as well, I thought that's the bitch I need to follow. That's the one because all these other bitches who are listening to Ed Sheeran on a loop, you look perfect. I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Sorry, to sorry, Ed Sheeran. No. Well, I wanted to go back to something that you said, which resonated with my younger self is when I was younger, I would always think, why are you so fucking weird? Why do you think like that? Why are you such a psycho? Why do you move like that? Right. And then, you know, now that I started my healing journey, I want to just to anybody listening, like you were never weird. You never were crazy. You were never you were just operating from a place of fear and pain. When you make decisions from fear and pain and you live in that, you're, you know, like who, who is going to um, make decisions with clarity when they have so many things to heal from? Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I was never crazy. I was just unhealed. Yeah. You know, because now that I'm like, in my healing journey, I'm an active therapy, like I'm making better decisions. And I, and I'm really on that healing and hustling shit because. Hey friends, if you are enjoying today's episode, I would encourage you to go to the glam life Not only can you grab your tickets for our Christmas conference there, but you can actually watch this entire interview and you can see exclusive behind the scenes content, grab extra exclusive links in the descriptions, leave comments, ask questions, and watch the after show with Mindy and Katie. The version of you that's going to get yourself to your dreams faster is the version of you that actually likes yourself. The version likes of you that thinks you can do it. You know what I mean? Like who do you and think embraces. is easier? Yeah, like and it's I like, think like, that our weirdness is actually our superpower because people who show up as their inauthentic self doing what they think looks perfect or what they think is the trend, there's nothing about them that sets them apart from anyone else. So when I heard your story and heard those things that are so specific to you that I saw in myself, like working at the club, like having to go through therapy, like realizing that you were providing some of those same cycles from your unhealed self in your business until you started healing yourself that was so that was like a a light in the dark for me like here here it is here's the person you need to follow here's who's going to help you and I've had other mentors as well I mean not that you we've never met before so to call you a mentor is really weird but someone that I looked up to but I've had actual mentors who I've worked with more than one who do not fit that exact thing but there are pieces of them I can see myself in but when I saw you I was like oh okay, I'm on the right path now because it's working for her. If she can do it, I can do it. 100%. And I'm really big on showing up as like, that's one, that's one of my favorite compliments is when I meet people in person, like, oh my God, thank God you act exactly the way you act online as in person. That's like, that's huge for me. Like, thank you. Thank you for knowing that because I don't want everybody. I don't, not everybody is meant to be my mentee. Not everybody is meant to be my client. Not everybody is meant to be my student. And just being yourself on social media is like an unspoken boundary. If they think I'm annoying online, they're not going to come up in here and mess up my red flag. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. Great. Thank you for seeing that I'm not for you before I even had to do anything, you know? And I think that's number one and those are the clients who keep you up at night I think 
There's one house. They ain't even working. Not all money is good money if it's going to mess up your peace. At the end of the conversation, like, oh, Lord, I wish I could just give you your money to go away at this yeah. point. Like, I'll I'd like to, to point back. out, you know, I don't, we're not hypocrites here. Just because you're not my client doesn't mean you're not a good client. You're just not a good client for me. Sure. There's exactly. somebody out there who matches your energy, who you should be hanging out with probably the Ed Sheeran girls, but it's not yes. me. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Poor Facts. Jackie. It's like Ed Sheeran. It's not me. I didn't do it. And you know, Facts. Like, I can't tell him, everybody. I can't tell Ed Sheeran and Prince Harry apart either. So both of them can just get fucked. She said, I, I just can't. So for me, yeah, like, you know, it's a huge thing. And I tell, you know, anybody that's willing to listen, like this is going to decrease the amount of bad reviews you get on Yelp or Google business, or it's going to decrease the amount of stress that you have in your business. If you just show up as you don't feel like you have to, um, look a certain way, act a certain way to get your dream clientele. Your dream clientele is going to be women that you want to help. Right. That's it. You know? So for me, I love women that are ready to heal, hustle, that don't feel entitled to things. Like nobody's going to, you know, want your business to be more successful than you. Those are the women that I love in my space where they're just like, let's go. What's the play? What's the plan? Like, and they're ready to execute. You know how did I mean? you, how did you come to the decision that you were ready to enter therapy? Hey friends. So commercials are really annoying. I'm going to make this one really quick. Don't be scared this Halloween to hop on over to shop for all of your comfort needs, whether it's comfort gels, comfort lotions, or anything in between. Plus we've got an amazing array of needles, machines, microblades, pigments, top quality pigments, by the way, not just any old shit out the middle of the mall. <laughs> okay, let's get back to Jackie. Um, when it got to the point, so remember how I said I started healing backwards, 30s, yeah. 20s. When it got to healing the guilt of my adolescence, the, the stuff that I put my dad through, the stress, I needed more help unpacking that. It was so long ago in my mind, I would forget little things. So once it got to the point where I needed help remembering and I needed actual exercises that would make me more intentional, that's when I reached out to a therapist. And I've been in therapy for about a year and a half now. And it's just helped tremendously. That's one of my goals. My bucket list goals are not, they're not crazy. I don't need to travel the world or anything. One of them was um, change a stranger's life. That's, that's one of my bucket list goals. And the other one is like, I want my children to meet uh, the healed version of me. The one that isn't yeah. operating out of pain and trauma. And, you know, the one that's intentional with my words, because my words are so powerful. And I know that like when I speak inspiration, but they can be a weapon too, if I'm not intentional with my words. Yeah. Like, they can be very harmful. Yeah. And I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be triggered and respond without the, like, I want to be intentional when I respond. So I needed help with exercises to just not 
start barking. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. healing. I'm not healed. I'm not Gandhi. So it's like <laughs> some days are good. Are you ever days. healed? I don't think so. I don't think so because we're constantly experiencing a new trauma, a new something. Like you're, for instance, you are separated right now, correct? Or going mm-hmm. through a divorce or divorce? Going through one. And that's newer. So we're just, con- there's always a new battle to fight. So yes. how could they ever meet the healed version of you if we're never completely healed? What does that look like? I would say the more intentional. Because I feel like the the version of me that they get when I'm triggered is the the version of me from the past that didn't know how to navigate her feelings, that didn't even feel like she had the opportunity to be sad or, you know, my my ideology around sadness was weakness. Yeah. If you cry, you're weak. I don't have time to be weak. I got shit to do. So it's like through therapy, she's like, don't you think that's sad that the eight-year-old you didn't even have time to grieve the loss of your mother? Like you didn't, she was never given the opportunity. And that's why you, people deal with abandonment issues from abandonment. Oh. You next got people pleasing issues because you just, you know, and then for and me, that is poor management. That is a recipe for so much turnover in your business. That's a recipe to get defrauded in your business. It really is. People pleasing and fear of change. How are you going to fear change as an entrepreneur? <laughs> you can't even She's be on every second. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we were trying to get on this interview and now my Zoom's not working on my laptop. So I got to be on my phone. How are you going to fear change as an entrepreneur? So that's something I had to heal because in my mind, I like everything to be the same because if everyone is happy equals people pleasing. And if nothing is changing, which is another trauma response, then no one is leaving. Yeah. Right. But if nothing changes, nothing grows. Exactly. But when Tell eight-year-old Jackie that. So that's what I mean when it's like, you're never going to be healed. I don't think you're ever going to be healed. For me, I'm going to be a forever student. I'm going to be a forever healer. Like I'm going to be healing forever. However, as time goes by, I think for me, it's just not creating more trauma for my kids. Yeah. You know? Down that generational trauma. I mean, I had inadvertently passed down a generational trauma or curse, I guess, or trauma to my daughter. You know, when we're going through what we're going through. Um, she said, mom, I think it would be great if you could cry in front of the kids, her younger siblings. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I do, I, I cry, you know, but I'm a shower crier. I like to cry in the shower. <laughs> like, Sing in the shower, it's extra dramatic. The shower. Like, you know, clean the body, clean the soul, like with my tears. So she was just saying, you know, I have a hard time expressing my feelings because I've never seen you cry. But in my mind, I'm a single mom trying to raise this little girl. I'm like, I gotta show her that I'm strong. I gotta be the mom and the dad. Like, my point is, as I was trying to teach her how to be strong I forgot to show her that women can be soft too I want to talk about that a little bit because I've seen you mention this in your content as well where you were talking about femininity versus masculinity Um, and when you're talking about femininity you're talking you're 
is it a feeling that you're talking about? Are you talking about masculine being like, okay, I have lists, I have goals, I'm pragmatic and feminine being like, I take rests, I'm soft, I am human. Are you talking about feelings or are you talking about actions? I think it's more an energy. It's not an, yeah, it's not feelings, it's not actions, it's an energy where I feel like, God, I'm constantly on survival mode. Like I got to get this shit done, get it done, get it done. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. energy of just on the go, you know? And then I've never had that. I've never, ha- I've never felt feminine in a way where it's like, I've always been a protector, you know, when I yeah. like a protector, you know, cause I'm the oldest one. So it's like somebody messes with my little sister, then it's, it's gotta happen. Like it's something happening. You know, my cousins, like there's so many of us and we're all the same age. And I was always the protector of everybody. Yeah. So not just my siblings, but like all 20 of us cousins, like that's how, we, that's how we roll, you know? So I think for me, when I was like trying to be, to feel feminine, I just wanted to feel taken care of. I don't want to make decisions. I don't, I just want to be just somebody make a decision for me, you know? Yeah. This this energy of like just soft I just wanted to feel soft like I've seen people say that these two things that I recognize in you especially at the start of your business I've heard people say that um trying to like prove to yourself that you are worthy or prove to yourself that you can do something which I think is where we are in the beginning of our healing journey we're trying to say like I'm worth it too I can do it too just like you Um, And I also think that that masculine energy of like, I'm the provider, I'm going to take care of things. I think both of those things really drive people in business. So I wonder if in healing yourself and feeling that more feminine energy and having, would you describe that as less driven or what does it look like on the other side to be pushing the limits in your business, but still being feminine? See, that was my misconception when I first, I mean, everybody was saying like, I want to be in my soft girl era. That was like the shit last year. Right. And that's yeah. when I was like, I'm going to be soft too, you know, like, but people, I think my misconception was that another person had the ability to make me soft. So once I started healing more, I just want to live in my duality. I want to be able to be intentional when I need to be masculine. I want to be intentional, like for my kids, when I need to respond, I want to respond softly. I want to respond with my feminine energy when I need to be a nurturer. You know what I mean? To my mentees, to my students, to whoever. I want to be intentional. When somebody is triggering me, I want to be intentional. Do they need to feel the softness in my heart or do they need me to go off on their ass? Like, who, who are they going to get? You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's never, I thought it was somebody else's job to make me soft. And that's not the case. Like, it's me. I am the one that's going to allow myself to live in my duality. Mm-hmm. We are we are made of both feminine and masculine energy. We were made from both. But society would make us feel like there's something wrong with us if we're operating too masculine. You know what I mean? Like, And even for men, men are not allowed to cry. They're not allowed to show emotion. Why not? I guess you that know, is kind of an age old stereotype for men right like that's oh, ever but let you live in your duality that's such a that's such a strong mindset to have when you can toggle between back and forth and be intentional in the way that you use both your energies 
That's what I want. That is the goal. I don't need to be soft all the time. But what I want to do is be soft when I need to be soft for the people I need to be soft for. You know, and that you takes a lot. You don't want to get of- rid of your drive or your masculine energy. You just want to learn how to control it and turn it on and off when you need it. Exactly. What does you that know, look like? Thing- what does that look like in business? My drive. What do you mean? Like, what does that look like in business? Once you've he- like, what were you doing before that now that you've healed and you've learned how to control it a little bit more, do you find yourself switching back and forth with students or do you find that you push more when you're teaching or that you're more feminine when you're teaching? Cause of course people have questions and they're just learning how- cause I'm a barker when I start, when I'm educating, when I'm in that classroom, when I'm just giving information, so soft, so feminine, when you're actually hands-on with a client and it's literally, you know, BBP is a life or death matter. And when it's something that's going to be on their face forever, because it's a tattoo, I'm a barker. I'm like, ah, uh-uh, not like that. Like this. Oh, <laughs> Very, no, like that. <laughs> I, I'm not like that at all. I think I'm just naturally, uh, well, you know, obviously I've been an educator. I have a master's degree in nursing yes. and it, the way the the emphasis in my master's degree is leadership and communication so that's not that's not how I teach like I teach I feel like an environment the right way for, yeah well when it's like I mean everybody got their own way to doing things but yeah. the way I do it is just a little different uh, I like to break things down and I think this just goes back to my own learning style. I was never the smartest person in the room. I was never the smartest sister. You know what I mean? So I have to learn things a different way. It was very like, move your mouse here, click this, move this. So a lot of my education is very similar. So it's like, if you're really, really smart, you're going to get it. If you're standing next to me in the line that I'm in, you're going to get it too. You know, and I just feel like, I don't know, for me, I, I'm not, I'm not, that and in the way that I educate but I feel the room you know I I feel the room as far as like how this person is going to learn better some people do not learn that way like if you're just you know if I were and again I'm so my words are very strong yeah they're very strong so if I'm going to say something I got to be mindful of what I say to my students my mentees my kids so I think The funny thing is like this, this opportunity that I gave myself to finally grieve and be sad. My fear of being sad was that I was not going to be able to pull myself out of it. I didn't want to give into my sadness because I thought I was not going to be, I thought I was going to be depressed and just laying in bed for fucking three months and not be able to do shit. And I'm like, how can you be sad? You got shit to do. So my therapist was like, you don't give yourself enough credit. For your strength that's number one and then that thing happened with the 15 year old me when i went to go get myself right after that talk with her and i told her what happened and she's like how do you feel like now that you were able to be sad and i was like i feel great like i feel like i'm she's like do you feel softer now though yeah and i was like oh my god i do i feel so soft So that was like a breakthrough moment in therapy for me because I was like, oh my God, the one thing that I wanted so much was to feel soft. And all I needed to do was allow myself to feel sad, which was the one thing I refused to do. I could have been feeling soft so long ago, but I was just like, eh, who needs to be sad? That's the unnecessary emotion. Next, like, next. 
nothing happened when you're sad. Next. You already were sad. You just weren't processing it. Yeah. I was not processing it. I was not grieving. I was not allowing yeah. myself to go through the, like, honestly, though, I, I wasn't sad. I was sad, but probably like, I allowed myself the opportunity to be sad for five minutes. And then I was like, let's go to anger. That's a little more comfortable. Yeah. That's, you know? that's where you're comfortable. That's what you're used to. Yeah. Who wants to be sad? Who wants to cry when they can hit somebody or hit something? You know what I mean? Like, let's just go so there. Speaking of, there was a time before this where you made that switch once before. So you're an angry kid. You're working in clubs. You're running around with thugs and gangsters. That's what you just said on your live. I'm not saying that myself. And yeah. um, at some point you looked at yourself and said, I'm going to pull myself out of this. And you went to nursing school and then you got your, your master's. When did that switch happen? When you said enough of this, I'm going to elevate. It was my daughter, Gianna. It was my daughter. Like I still like, I finished, you know, hanging out with my ex when I was a teenager around, I went to continuation school. I was on probation from 15 to 18 years old, uh, 13 to 18 years old you know, being a ward of the court, my PO showing up to my high school, asking for my urine, like, you know what I mean? Like making sure I was there. So it was very hard. Even then after that, like 18 years old, I was still going to community college, not taking that shit seriously. Yeah. It wasn't until I had my daughter. Literally every time I get pregnant, there's something that's it, it lit inside of me. That's like, all right, get it together. And it's it yeah, it's just like, you know what? These kids are not asking for me to be their mother. They did not yeah. pray. And I was like, I got to do something with my life. So when I had Gianna, I just, I, I had no choice. And I was like 20 when I got pregnant with her. So I was like, I had no choice to do. Did your daughter recognize the difference between unhealed you and now therapized you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What is she mean, said? I mean, she, we don't really talk about like, she doesn't really say like, mom, you're so healed. Like, you know, yeah. but in, in our energy and in our interactions, like we get along a lot better because our communication is better, you know? Yeah. Like we're not flying off the handle and it's just like, it's Whose different. idea was it for her to start her nail business? Oh, that was all her. It was during the pandemic. Yeah, she was like, I want to start doing nails. She wanted it. She started on herself because everybody, it was during the pandemic. Everyone's so damn bored at home. They're like, go get a hobby. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, go do something. And it just like, you know, grew into this situation for her. And like, you know, she's, she's taken my book and busy blueprint and she follows like my guidance with like, you know, we're actually working on her business credit and stuff now. You imagine being 18 years old? Like, that's I crazy. Wish, you know? I wish I had been that ahead. <laughs> right? So far ahead of where I am at 35. When you, um, when you guys have these conversations where she's either asking for advice or you're recognizing she's going to make a mistake and pointing it out, something along those lines, do you find her to be your easiest student ever because you already know and understand how she works and you guys communicate already? Or is she the hardest student you've ever had because, okay, mom. <laughs> I mean, for me and her, I let her do her thing. You know, I give her advice if she asks me questions or she vents to me, but I think I've never been a helicopter mom. I've never been a micromanager. Uh, my dad did not raise us that way too. Like, How could he? 
Yeah, my goal is like, my goal is like, listen, I'm here when you need me. If I see something, it's like, oh, maybe try this instead of this. Like on her DMs, like if you follow her, you you'll see that she's doing. I follow her. Yeah, she does the booked and busy blueprint, and that's why she's booked and busy. (laughs) It's like she's doing really well, and I'm just like really proud of her. I'm proud of her. She's not even my kid. I know, and it's it's not even like. I don't know for me not having to work for somebody else like that is something I will always want to I want for my kids because no one is going to want the best for them other than them and if they're healing and they're hustling they're going to have a good head on their shoulders you know I say that all the time so I um I pay my kids every month and they're four and five they come in sweep and vacuum and they put skew stickers on things and they taste test the candies and whatever. And I don't give a a four-year-old and a five-year-old $200. I put it into um, an account for them that accrues interest over time, you know, compound interest account. Mm -hmm. I say all the time, I hope that they don't want to go to college. I hope that they don't touch this money until retirement and they will retire millionaires no matter what they do. And then they have the freedom to do whatever they want. Did you do something similar with your kids or did you not realize this until later because you're who told me about it (laughs) yeah no custodial Roth IRAs are always going to be the best place to put money for your kids and there's a cap of six thousand dollars um a year that you could put but I think this year you can pay them up to 13 13 or 12,950 something yeah I think it's 12.9 my um my investor or Mm 12,900 or something so when it comes to like paying your kids. I think it's just, my goal is always, you know, my dream goals is like break generational curses, heal generational trauma, build generational wealth. When it comes to college and the discussion of college, you know, Gianna goes back and forth with that. She's like, you know, how am I going to make friends if I'm like working and like, that's a fear of hers, which valid, valid you know, fear like- because it's very hard to make friends as an adult, genuine friends as an adult. I think that those youthful experiences together, going to parties, getting stranded on spring break, bond you to people. Yeah. And that it, part, what do you do? In my mind, I'm just like, Jonah, if you want to go to college, go to college. Like, I'm not saying don't, you know, yeah. but what I am saying is. I think what if you want to be the degree be a doctor, be a nurse, be a lawyer, be an accountant, then take nursing, take accounting. I think that's great. I, when I say, I hope that they don't want to, I just mean, I hope they don't touch this money so that it continues. I mean, I honestly, I feel like I would say the same thing, but I'm not going to, you know, I would rather they start a business. That's going to be all day, every day. I think every entrepreneur that has kids, they're going to prefer it. They're going to prefer that their kids start a business as well, just because they've I mean, we've seen both. <laughs> it's not like we didn't work nine to five. We worked yeah. that life ready too. And it's like, no, this starts just a little bit better. But what I do hope is if they do decide to go to college, like at least let it be something that they can own a business for. You want to be a doctor? You can open a private practice. You want to be a lawyer? I'll help you open a firm. Like I did read an article that said that there is a massive increase in trade schools of yeah. late, not colleges, which is like good, dude, because- Get you a bunch of six-figure skill sets. I have so many six-figure skill sets by taking training. Like I just added another six-figure skill set by doing my uh, permanent jewelry 
you know, class. Like that is 100%. You can make six figures doing that if you stay dedicated and you you grow your business. You know what I mean? Like, um, what was another thing I just added? I'm revamping my inkless tattoo. You know what I mean? Where I'm doing scar therapy and stretch revision. That is, I've taken your, your, um, a six figure contour, body contour class. And that's a fabulous class, by the way. Thank you. Very science-based education. I have a question for you. Well, yeah. let me hold it until we're done with this interview. And then I'm going to ask you off camera. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, here's another one for you though. And it, I want to go back to therapy a little bit because it affects so many areas of your life, not just the business, not just motherhood. How, when you start making changes on how you communicate things with your children and how you want to um, raise your children. And then also you're calling all the shots in your business because it's your business. How does that affect a marriage? What does that feel like? I just think, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of things with regards to my marriage that I need to heal from. I think one is like having unrealistic expectations of Derek. I think that's one of the things that I need to be very accountable for. Like what I thought, and that goes back to the idea of, I thought he was supposed to make me feel soft. Yeah. You're supposed to save you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when he didn't, or I felt like he didn't, that kind of put our marriage in a place where it's like, I could do that all by myself. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm healing, I just see him differently. I see him in a way where it's like, you know what? He always was supportive of me. He always wanted to make sure that I was good. I just had unrealistic expectations of what I thought like it was supposed to look like. And now that I was able to make myself feel soft after just being vulnerable and like allowing myself a, a space to feel sad, it wasn't ever his responsibility. You know, yeah. fuck what social media says, nobody paying your bills, nobody doing this. They're not going to make you soft. Those That's not going to make you soft. Yeah. And you kind of said that, right? Like I thought someone else could make me soft, but that's mm-hmm. not the case. It has to come from within you. What did that mm-hmm. relationship look like in a, in a business? Um, because Traditionally, people are not used to women being the breadwinner. And I don't know what Derek does for a living. I don't know if he solely worked at Allure or if he was doing his own thing. But certainly when you call the shots all day long and tell people this is what we're doing, you know, not necessarily in that negative light of like, you listen to me, but you know, you're in your masculine energy all day long. Sometimes he's in the business, but he's not necessarily a decision maker. And sometimes you guys are at home and you're probably still in that masculine energy how do you switch that off as a wife? I mean, you, you tell me because literally I don't know. You know what I mean? I would like to say that I have all these. That's one thing. Whenever people ask me shit about relationships, I'm like, girl, do ask it. You ask well, you've been on both taxes. sides. You know what I mean? Ask me about like, but I right now, as far as like what to do, I think it's very self-reflective. Like, I. I wish I could have done things differently as far as like turning it off. Yeah. And it all boils down to this in my mind. Your why everybody says, hold on to your whys. Why do you why did you start a business? Why yeah. who are you doing it for? Da, 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 da. You hear it all the time. 
But what people won't tell you is that your whys can quickly turn into your sacrifices if you don't find a balance. That's, that's, that's actually super true. That's what I learned because I ended up sacrificing who I was as a wife to get to this point of like, that you resonates know? with me a lot. And my husband and I are about to go on a 14 day intercontinental trip together while he kind of drags my bags along while I'm, I'm speaking at PMU conferences. So this is a great time to have this conversation and remind me to chill the fuck out. I, yeah. I think I do that. I think I wear my work hat home a lot and I find myself barking at my kids because I'm overstimulated when I should be, you know, they just won't talk to their mom. Um, I find myself frustrated from things all day at work and I bark at my husband and I think that's something that you're telling me that's super true I really need to work on because it's not fair to them my kids mm-hmm. didn't ask to have a workaholic mom they asked for a, a cup of juice <laughs> you know <laughs> same girl same and it's it's just I think that's what I continue that's why I talk about it so much it's like uh my cautionary tales. I grew up a cautionary tale my whole life. Don't be like Jackie. Don't do what Jackie did. You know, and you know what? Now I make money being a cautionary tale. I'm going to tell you guys every, every mistake that I made, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, you were supposed like to be a statistic. Learn. I mean, you yeah. were peeing in cups in middle school. So you were supposed yeah, to be a learn more. You'll learn more um, from me telling you what not to do than because then you can fuck around and find out, but then you already heard it. Like, this was going to happen if you do this. It's yeah. like, you know, so I share both. I share my wins, but I also don't have a problem sharing my mistakes. And when it comes to marriage and me and Derek, I think where I could have done things differently is just having a realistic expectation of of what is supposed to be my responsibility for the way I feel and how how he can play into, you know, helping me feel supported and you know in that way like you know and we don't know I mean we don't know where no you you kind of learn where he and I I mean he could he and I could get back together one of the things that I'm we're rooting for we're rooting for one of the things I am keeping is my last name like do I want to get remarried yeah do I want to get remarried no I don't like we're, we're getting divorced that's already something we discussed it's already drawn up we're getting it notarized like we're there and I said I'm gonna keep my last name just in case we get back together like at least on paperwork our last name is still the same like the kid's last name is still the same like you know I'm just not I feel like a marriage at this point is like just kind of like a financial tie you guys like you should you know I don't know I feel like when people file taxes together kind of throws off their taxes too like we were man. just talking about that <laughs> it does it just messes everything up like it's so funny we were just saying we should just file separate so you could get your refund <laughs> I could still that's write what I'm stuff saying. it's like it's not even a good business like strategy to be married you know and I'm just like shoot like let's just have the same last name and wear the rings like does Nobody knows on paper, you Nobody know, business as long as your paperwork's smarter, you know, like I'm not against marriage, but what I am against is it being like a contract that is not beneficial. Yeah. You know, luckily for I me, such a stand up guy, like he would never go after child support. He would never go after, you know, alimony or anything, but he could have, 
He could have. 100% yeah. he could have. And you know, like. Well, you could go not- get that Lexus back. I remember when you gave him a Lexus. <laughs> I mean, you could like, you know, th- I hear so many stories, especially like um, from my Filipino um, clients, their nurses and their significant others come after child support and that's crazy. They got to pay them. I'm like, what? You know, so Derek has my heart. It's nice when you can remove money from the equation and that's not a reason to get divorced or to get married. Like you, you, you support Mm -hmm. you and I support me. And so does this union work as like a fulfilling these feminine parts of me, these softer sides when I want quiet time with someone, are you actually my friend? That's I think the important part. And it sounds like you still have so much love and respect for one another that I think it sounds great. It it sounds like it's not a, what do they call that? irreparable oh uh, no I don't which this isn't a marriage that. podcast I wouldn't know. say that I'm not gonna like, make you commit to that <laughs> I wouldn't say but that I, was, I mean I feel like it's a long road ahead you know yeah. what I mean it's like I'm up I'm up for a challenge but I gotta get I gotta get my self-love right yeah I know myself you're doing so much to help right I think you're doing so much to help other people recognize these patterns in their own businesses and how it spills into relationships with husbands, with children, with every, with healing themselves. I think you're doing an amazing job with that. Um, you. So you guys, Jackie and I are a little short on time, but I want you to be able to find her so that you can follow along with this journey that she's having and also find the amazing body sculpting course that I took with her and her, her booked and busy blueprint and mentorship and everything else. Jackie, where can we find you easily? I mean, you can find me on Instagram. It's brow underscore B A D D I E. You can also visit bbaddyuniversity.com for more information of, you know, any of my mentorship, my private training, my group trainings, my online courses. I have so many things that can help <laughs> you. Just reach out. I got you. Tell me the problem and we'll fix it. <laughs> just not about relationship advice though. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's just something that we're kind of seeing through your eyes, which is, I mean, you've been on both sides of it now. So I think there's so much to learn from you. Jackie, thank you so much for carving some time out with me this morning. I know, you know, I'm going to catch a flight, but you have your mentee in town from New York. I know you've got a lot of things to do today. I really appreciate you making this time for me today. Of course. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Victoria. You got it. Um, wow. Okay. So I knew, actually, I knew that this episode was going to be a special one for me. I knew that because I've been a fan of hers for so long and we did not have a pre-existing relationship prior to today, but I didn't expect it to be that deep. Anyway, um, let's kind of dissect all of this and just decompress over at the after show, um, head to the glam life and you can watch the entire video as well as the after show and some exclusive behind the scenes content. It's absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? Again, shout out to shop Thank you so much brow sister for sponsoring this podcast and bringing all this knowledge to everyone who wants to watch, listen, or communicate. And by the way, you can over at, um, at the glam You can leave questions and comments and Jackie, <laughs> sorry, Jody's, um, 
<laughs> chicken salad recipe is up. So if you want to go grab that, that's the spot to do it. Jody from last week. All right, you guys, I will see you next week right here on the Glam Life Podcast.